Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. So today we're going to talk about egg numbers. The commonest question that is ever asked in the IVF Journey is that when a patient has had her egg collection and she's either waking up for the anaesthetic or recovering from the sedation and she says how many eggs did you get it's like the expectation that needs to be resolved that number will obviously determine the chances of success it's not the only factor but it is a significant factor because success at IVF is a numbers game the more embryos you create, the higher the chance of success. Perhaps not in the first cycle, but from those embryos that get frozen and are transferred subsequently. It's not totally straightforward, however. There is, it appears to be, a sweet spot, which is what the golfers talk about, a sweet spot of an ideal number of eggs. That's somewhere between 11 and 15. That seems to produce the best chance of pregnancy in the first cycle, but also cumulatively. So getting less than that, pregnancy chances are reduced because you're not getting enough embryos to have repeated attempts. At the other end of the spectrum, it seems that too many eggs results in reduced egg quality. So a lot of our endeavours are trying to hit the sweet spot when we start stimulation. So when we start stimulation or writing out the prescriptions prior to starting the IVF cycle, the doctor is making a guesstimate of what is likely to get you the right number of eggs. 
the factors that he takes or she takes into account are your age, your AMH level, and we've discussed that at other times, but it's basically a blood test that tells us whether or not you've got good numbers of eggs. Something called the antral follicle count, which is an ultrasound look at your ovaries to count the number of small follicles in the ovary. And your weight. So those factors, in a sense, are put into the computer, uh, the doctor's brain, (laughs) actually. Although now there are apps that can give an estimate based upon what we know in relation to those particular factors. And out of that, a dose of drug is decided upon. The problem is, it's not that accurate. And patients who we think are going to have very few eggs and therefore we give a high dose of drug, sometimes surprise us by producing lots of eggs. At the other end of the spectrum, there are women who we expect to produce lots of eggs and therefore give a low dose of drug and we get a low number of eggs. So it is a little bit hit and miss, but we are getting better at it. And certainly an experienced fertility specialist who's done thousands of cycles is probably more likely to get the right dose right for you than a specialist who is doing the occasional case of IVF. So having chosen the dose, the cycle will be commenced and scanning will indicate how you're responding and the number of follicles that will generally have an egg in them that are growing. Once we get past about day five or six of injections, the number of follicles is probably already decided. Some doctors, if they see the response being a little bit low, will try and give a higher dose of drug, but there's no evidence that changing the dosage will increase your number of your eggs. Likewise, if you are over-responding by day five or six, you're looking like you're getting 20 or more follicles developing, dropping the dose is not a good idea. The eggs from dropping the dose are inferior than to carrying on. And carrying on is probably the sensible situation if you look like you're overstimulating. There is a risk of hyperstimulation syndrome, but we now can get around that in patients by using a different trigger injection than we used to be using. And really we've wiped out hyperstimulation syndrome if you're having a a cycle where using what's called an antagonist to stop ovulation occurring. And in that particular cycle, we can use an agonist, a GnRH agonist, to trigger ovulation and therefore avoid hyperstimulation, even though you've got 20, 30 eggs. But in that situation of 20 to 30 eggs, many of them will be immature and therefore not suitable for fertilization. And a controversy exists about the mature eggs of whether they're as good as natural ovulation of one egg or ovulation of three or four eggs or collection of three or four eggs in a, in a situation where that's all we've got. I was recently at an international meeting and, and that issue is widely debated. What's happened is that because of the use of this agonist trigger protocol and our reduction in the fear of OHSS, clinicians generally are now pushing cycles harder than they ever did. So we're getting more eggs. But what we're not achieving is more pregnancies. So that debate is still open. 
there are randomized controlled trials being conducted at this moment to see what the right answer is. But egg numbers aren't everything. The quality of those individual eggs is just as important and perhaps even more important. Because if you produce one egg and it's of high quality, you're more likely to get a pregnancy than somebody that's got 20 eggs, of which none of them are of great quality. So numbers aren't everything. The thing that determines quality more than anything else is the age of the patient. The older you are, the poorer the quality of the eggs. And we've discussed in the past what causes that. But I'll recap, which is basically that as a person gets older, the ageing process that affects us all, the over 50s and over 60s, in all the cells of our body, seems to happen earlier in the ovary. And those processes include the loss of the energy source, the batteries that drive cell growth, the mitochondria. And the numbers of batteries seems to decline quite quickly in women over the age of 40. So that energy that's required is in the cell to make the movement of chromosomes, the alignment of the chromosomes so that there'll be a normal genetic makeup. Those mechanisms occur less frequently and in a more disordered manner. And so we end up with eggs that have genetic abnormalities from day one. So that when they fertilised, even though fertilisation can occur, they won't grow on or they may grow on but cause miscarriage or, uh, worst of all, will grow on and increase the risk of things like Down syndrome. So that's what we fight against. And no one yet has come up with a therapy to improve old eggs. That poor quality can occur in younger women. And one of my research interests has been looking at eggs in women who've had poor fertilisation or recurrent failure to implant uh, using polarised light microscopy. And what we can see there is that women who have poor fertilisation and repeated failure have a higher chance of having eggs with disordered genetic makeup because we can actually see the chromosomes lining up in what's called the meiotic spindle using polarised light microscopy. Now that looking at them doesn't change the outcome, but at least it gives you an answer as to why things are not working. We're unique in Australia in being able to undertake that in our laboratory. So going back to numbers, what is the normal average expectation? If you get 10 eggs, what can you expect in terms of fertilisation? What can you expect in terms of reaching the blastocyst, the five-day embryo, and what are the chances of a pregnancy after that? So, if you have 10 eggs, and you, we expect 70% of them to fertilise, so that takes us to seven fertilised eggs when the scientist rings up the next morning to tell you what's happened. And of those seven fertilised eggs, probably two or three of them will reach blastocyst stage. If you've got 15 eggs, then you ramp it up. You probably end up with three or four blastocysts. Now, each of those blastocysts has pretty much an equivalent chance of pregnancy. And that's around 35 to 40%. So if you've got four blastocysts, you can work out the math that as you put one after the other back, and the data 
confirms this. If you're under 38 and you've got four blastocysts to put back, you've got a, something in the order of 75% chance of going home with a baby. With two blastocysts, you're going to have more than a 50-50 chance, near a 60% chance, and so on. So the number of blastocysts will ultimately determine how successful you'll be out of a single stimulated cycle. So numbers are important, and obviously if you only get one egg, its chances of producing a blastocyst are only about 60 or 70%, even if you're under 38, and its chances of producing a pregnancy probably are more like 15 to 20%. So it is a numbers game. So when you're going through the cycle, hopefully you get the right numbers, and hopefully that'll give you the pregnancy. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.